Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast, back from a summer break and straight back into it with coach John Singleton. We talk about how the games went for the programme and his athletes, and what they and he are planning on doing for the rest of 2022 and beyond. Believe me, there's a lot to get through, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Good. It's afternoon now. Good afternoon. Yes. Coach John Singleton. The coffee went on uh, longer than expected. We had a lot to <laughs> Matcha balls, coffee. It was good. Uh, we are overlooking uh, the Mediterranean at the moment. We are in the port of Kalanova, up, upstairs from your your gym, the box. And um, it's been a while. It feels like we haven't seen each other in ages, but yeah. actually we saw each other for quite a yeah. mad period in Madison. It's, it's actually crazy to think that it's uh, the 1st of September today as well. Mm. So... A lot to talk about. Yeah. We just worked out we haven't actually sat down together and done a chit chat since the end of June. Yeah. Bad, bad podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's go back to the end of June and talk about how you guys were preparing for the games, um, what you did, and let's take it from there. Yeah. So obviously for Europe, um, we had two semi-finals. So we had the uh, Lowlands, which was at the start of the four weeks strength and depth at the end of the four weeks and that made it a very uh, intense period mm. because you we had some athletes going at the start some athletes going at the end and and therefore the kind of uh, there was no real letdown from our side it was like okay first group need to be ready to go then we need to go straight back and prepare the second group um, but we came off some like really big highs there we had in Lowlands, we had Gabby uh, stand on the podium, which kind of continued her podium streak. And then we had Moritz come through at the end, which was like uh, an epic That was finish. so good. It yeah. was so good. Yeah, you know, he need, you know, it was one of those. He needed other people to, to not perform, and he needed to perform himself. And just the, the CrossFit gods aligned everything, and, um, and it was a great way to finish. He did exactly what he needed to do and, and punched his first ticket. And, and I think there's something very magical about your first ticket to the Games. You know, it's like a, a very big moment for a lot of athletes. So that was really um, fun to be a part of that journey. Um, and then we went straight back into prep phase for... So we had uh, Jacqueline, Soller and Christoph competing in, in London. And... And again, you know, it was like an epic finish to that. We had Jacqueline winning strength in depth, which was huge. And also very proud, you know, I'm English, and so it was really nice for Jacqueline to come in and win uh, an English event. Solar punch her first ticket to the Games. And then we also had Christoph at his first semi-regional, um, and he managed to take event wins. And, and so that was a really uh, epic, um, epic weekend for us. But the turnaround from last week of semis to games was also very short this year. Mm. So that meant, you know, we had like a few days off, uh, but really it was like, okay, we're going back into to games preparation. And the first thing we started with was our games camp. So we had uh, all four athletes over alongside some, some extras. You had the Georgios? Exactly, the Greek. What's he like? He's a really nice guy, you know, um, we, the thing is, we see each other on the competition circuit, so it's like you see the regular faces, the regular athletes. So we speak at competitions, and and I, I just you know we'd got on really well, so I just invited him to come over and join the guys to get a bit of different exposure. And him and his girlfriend Maria came over, and, uh, and we had a really good time. And you know, sometimes it's hard changing styles of, of training as well. Mm. So that was. Um, that was tough, but I think in general he really enjoyed the experience, and, uh, and it was just like a nice group. We had like a group of five games athletes together, and then alongside some other um, semi athletes who were here. So it was like a really fun group and fun time. Well, you had some pretty what looked like some pretty tough workouts planned for them. I saw some um, Instagram stories of uh, major bike stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, we um, we went to the north. This was great about Mallorca, so we went to the north of the island. Um, we did some like cool uh, bikes. We had some early morning beach. We had some classic CrossFit. So 
we kind of ticked all the games uh, boxes, mm. apart from uh, crossovers and double unders. We, uh, <laughs> we didn't we didn't tick that box. And it, but going from um, preparing for the games, not just physically preparing these athletes for the games, you're also mentally preparing mm. them. What were you saying to speci- specifically the Rockies about what to expect? Uh, honestly. I think it's important to go in without any expectations, ironically. The expectation, you know, if there is an expectation, is to go enjoy the, the moment. You know, you're throwing down with the greats of the sport. You know, you've got like Tia there, you've got Brooke, you, you've got all these athletes, male, female side, who are like, who you've looked up to for years. So just go enjoy that experience of throwing down with them, mm. you know. Also, it's the first year where you don't have a number next to your name. So, you know, you've never been to the Games. There's no number. The only thing is now next year, it's very, you know, we're very, as our human nature is that, okay, well, you want to beat your previous school last year. So now they've got a number. The next year, the expectation, it's very hard not to have that, but it's just to beat that previous number. You know, it's like a very, uh, it's a very easy, logical goal that people put on themselves. So now they're, they're not rookies anymore, so they can't ever enjoy the rookie experience. I think it's very important that when you go in, you go in and just enjoy the process. Enjoy the check-in, enjoy each time you're on the floor. If you want to push, push. If you feel you want to hold back, you can hold back. You just you enjoy, you do what you want to do out there um, and enjoy the experience. The From a coach's perspective and from the head organiser as mm. well, travelling to America and going to the Games is a logistical problem as well yes. as... As, as well as a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. As well as a training kind of master plan problem. No, it's true. And I think actually my, my personality, so I've travelled a lot um, just as a, a person. Uh, when I was younger, I'd done lots of travelling. And so I've actually always enjoyed the, uh, the travelling and the kind of logistical challenges of that. So that's actually something I've always taken on um, for athletes, even, even like back in the day. Uh, so the range hotels, the range transports, the athletes really don't have to think that much. And this year we made the decision to reduce our, our games camp, or well not reduce our games camp, have our games camp in Mallorca and reduce our time in America. Mm. So actually previously, um, like back in the day in like 16, we went out like six weeks early um, for games prep. Whereas this time we went out basically a week earlier, do our prep in Mallorca, stay in a nice hotel, go over to Madison and go through the games. And it actually worked uh, well for us this year. Like, we beat the jet lag. The lead-up training was good. Um, so everything was... The, the strategy worked well. But yes, you're right. You know, we had kind of had to organise, like, two sets of rental cars, accommodation, these things, which I tried to take on as much as possible so the athlete could just, you know, get on a plane, get in a car get to the hotel and not really have to go like, oh, what's happening next? Um, I would say you're a bit like everyone's dad, but actually you're like everyone's mum. Because, <laughs> because, because in my family, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, like you're like the head of the family. Yeah, I, I, it's just I feel it's important that everyone is, uh, <laughs> you know, is looked after and, uh, and cared for. So especially all these like external stresses don't have to be a stress. You know, mm. I remember years of athletes who rock up to the States and then, they don't have cars, they have to get a taxi, and they don't know where they're staying. So everything's just a mess. It's like this stress that you really don't want. Um, and so we had a really good good crew, and because it was short, it was it was quite relaxed. Um, we stayed at this place called Midtown. The hotel? Yeah, which we stayed at the year before. I've heard you say good things about this place. Well, it's just nice. It's a very nice hotel, but it has an epic gym. Uh, it's not like epic CrossFit gym, but it's like a strength and conditioning gym. So it meant that it's got a good sauna, etc. So it meant that when we arrive, we don't have to worry about going to other gyms and stuff. We can mm. just go there. We literally leave the room, take the elevator down. You're at a gym. And coming back from the jet lag and all those things is very useful. We also use the gym uh, that we actually have used a lot of previous years as well called Goose Island. And they're always super welcoming to us. So that was like kind of our CrossFit space, and which is close to Midtown as well. So that worked out really well. How do you cope with um, nutrition and what they're eating on the road? So the athletes are actually pretty good. Um, luckily, there was uh, a nutrition company that, that helped help the guys. And, and that's happened in previous years. So they get sent a package to the hotel. 
so they don't have to worry too much about food. And then on the road, we try to encourage that they um, they food prep as much as possible, so there's no no changes. Um, but they also work like separately. Who you had in the podcast, Mike, mm. um, as a as a nutritionist. So they kind of have that now. That's the biggest change, I suppose, in the sports is actually there's there's lots of different specialties now um, helping the athletes. So it's not just one one person. And the company um, they were working with is Trifecta. Exactly. This is the first year they've used Trifecta. It's really interesting to see the deliveries because they come in huge couple boxes. It's like, wow, how much can one person eat? But I guess a lot. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they do do eat a lot, um, especially over like pre-competition and over the competition period. So, so yeah, the food food does go. (laughs) But what about you? Um, I I should be better at uh, food prepping and, and doing these things. So you know that's I, I need to get better at that as well. Mm. Um, and I often get leftovers or uh, <laughs> or uh, you know, whatever whatever happens to be on the the road. Because um, aside from the athletes, it was you and Chris travelling. Exactly, them, Coach Chris. There's Carmen, and it was me. Yes. And I wasn't really supporting anybody. I was just like taking pictures and having a good time. But you guys were taking care of these, these athletes 24-7. Yeah. Driving them around, making yeah. sure they were in the right place at the right time. So it was Christoph as well. Who, oh, and Christoph, yes, sorry. Who becomes, so yeah, like me, Chris and Christoph kind of uh, form that main like athlete. Uh, make sure the athletes don't have to think becomes mm. our, our job and... You know, Christoph has, has done that over a lot of years as well, helping me with Laura and then helping with Gabby uh, last year as well. Um, so we kind of have that down. And, and actually, I really enjoy, you know, some of the times, like, you know, we'll go, we ate, like, go out for Chipotle or, you know, we also have a good time behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, while the athletes might be sleeping or resting or whatever it may be, wait, waiting, we'll go out to Chipotle, grab Chipotle, have a bit of a laugh and, and do this thing. That's like kind of a... There's some nice, nice moments behind the scenes with uh, us as coaches as well. Kind of band of brothers. Yeah, exactly. You know, like we get to uh, let off steam about the the athletes being demanding, <laughs> and uh, and, each, and each Chipotle. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the games itself themselves. Should we go athlete by athlete? Shall we do it that way, or do you want to go? Do you want to talk about it in a different way? Yeah, whichever you think's gonna. Well, let's work start best. with let's start with Moritz. Yes. How did he do? So again, Moritz, you know, the first event for Moritz is probably ironic, the highlight of his weekend. Uh, he ended up taking a top 10 finish in the bike event. Mm. And, uh, and you know, Moritz, I think, accepted the idea because also I think Khan had mentioned to Moritz, you know, just go enjoy it without expectations. And so he was aware, you know, it's always hard because your expectations change when you're at the games, you want to do well at the games. Yeah, because you can't, they're competitors. Yeah, yeah, you should say, you know, no one's, you know, as much as you try and reinforce it, very few none are there to enjoy the experience <laughs> as such. They're there to compete because that's mm. what they enjoy. So it's like a strange one. But, but I think that, you know, he was he made it through the weekend. He had some trolls with his back, which we managed to um, to resolve. So that he was nervous about his back, but actually it handled things quite well. And he was enjoying the process of, of being at the Games. And that top 10 finish will be something that, you know, he takes away and, and will be good for him as well. He is, um, I saw him after event one, actually, mm. um, stood outside of the, um, the main building where all the media team um, were working. And I was so excited to see him. He was just shoveling food into his mouth. I said, how are you feeling? He said, I'm so happy that that's done. I'm so, he was just like, I was nervous and now I'm doing it. And it's yeah. great. That would have been on the Wednesday. And that was before the rain started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the whole, the, that, it was like such a, um, an unpredictable weekend because I wasn't expecting, I don't think anybody was expecting that weather actually, but the weather came yeah, down, although didn't it's it? Being said, afternoon. Every year I've been in Madison, there's been changes due to weather. Mm. You know, you've had to delay. This is the first time they've had to move it to another day. Um, but usually there's like a few hours delay because of thunder and lightning. Basically, when there's within a 30-mile radius, if lightning strikes, they can't run an event outside. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's kind of the fear rule. Fear of death? They, yeah, 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 or, I, I no, not fear of death, danger of death. Yeah, I don't know what the, you know, it's, I don't know if it's by state or by... Whatever it is, but yes, that's like the thing. So even if it's not like super bad at the venue, there's like this rule about the thirty miles, I believe. 
Because that meant that they didn't have a, um, a day off on the next yeah, day. Yeah, and you know, actually, we were on the, the supposedly the day off, we were at the venue from like, I don't know, 10 until 5. So yeah. it was by no means a rest and recovery day because they had to do the, um, I think they had to do a briefing or a fitting, and then they also had to do the, um, um, like, display. I've forgotten mm. the name of it now. The, the gate, um, the... Um, Opening ceremony. Opening ceremony, exactly, yes. So you have to, I mean, like, he's learning to be super flexible immediately. Yeah, which, you know, it's not, a, it's not a common cultural trait for, <laughs> for, uh, yeah. <laughs> for a German, you yeah. But, um, so yes, that, that, but that's, it's a factor, you know, it's like the adaptability is very important, you know, mm. because you want structure, but you don't get structure, so mm. that makes life. Um, challenging. And then you, I mean, I guess CrossFit um, people would say that that's just part of CrossFit. You know, just exactly. having, you, know you have to be prepared for the unknowable. So shut up and stop whining. Well, yes, you know, it's common feedback. <laughs> so let's talk about Sola. How did she do? Um, so Sola, I think Sola had um, a tougher games than expected. There were, you know. It, it was it was hard for Sola had done extremely well qualifying through the games and she had her studies, a few other things going on um, that meant that she wasn't in kind of peak performance. We were aware of that, that um, things would be affected at the games. But even this being said, it's still, you know, your expectations change once you're there. So she wanted to do better than she did and, you know, she's taken... Well, like I said, it was September now, so she had the whole of August off just to reflect. And then I believe that she'll come back stronger uh, next year. She did seem very down on herself. Yes, yes. There were there were a few things. We, we knew that the weekend would be uh, challenging. But like I said, even when you know it's going to be challenging and you're prepared for that, um, when it actually happens, sometimes it's tough. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Sola's performance and Sola herself, she's a fighter. Yes, so, yeah. Uh, it, it's um, it's hard for her to manage, I guess, like the reality against expectations. Yeah, so. I have no doubt she'll come back stronger. You know, it's like her first year at the games, and she kind of proved to to others and herself that she's uh, she's able to make it, and and she will be able to, to perform there. She deserves to be there. Yes, she's worked hard enough to get there. Yeah. So let's hope she gets back there next year. Is that going to be her plan? Do you think? I believe so. We we have a call this weekend um, where we'll we'll again just have a reflect on everything. Mm. Um, but yes, I believe so. Let's talk about Sandbag Queen. Yeah. Dulstrom. Yeah, you know, Jacqueline's... Uh, the thing, Jacqueline is like, you know, the classic all-rounder. So she's, she's good at everything, but struggles to get the event wins. Mm. Um, and and that's that means that she can you know she'll qualify she'll do very well, uh, but often what you need at the games to get exposure is like big event wins, and and she hadn't had that like moment you know she won strength in depth which was epic, um, but then to back that up with a sandbag event was crazy. I mean, did you watch the event? Because normally you wouldn't. I, I watch, watched would it. You? In, I watched it in the back. So I was there with uh, with actually Thury's partner Christian. So um, beforehand, I mean, I know they were being shown how to lift a sandbag by a strong, a strong man. Yeah, this is some of the things like you know, everyone's like, as you see at the games, like, everyone gets up this like technique video, of, like you know, that's how, how, oh my god, how do we do this? And you're like, well, you know, what the, you know, to put things like, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Teach someone a new technique in on 10 a, in ten minutes on a crazy world stage? You know, mm. just like, honestly, I. It, it's just craziness, you know. You see all these things. Oh no! When it gets to your chest, you've got to flip it. You've got to do this with your arm. So you know, the kind of advice was just try and lift the fucker, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I was nervous from the first bag. Mm, I mean, um, what did they start? Was it seventy kilos they started? Yeah, at? something like that. Um, and I was just like, this is freaking heavy, you know. Yeah. And I was like, so it's heavier than the man bags in CrossFit uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know, so you're going through this like it's elimination. And, and you know, Jackson's with that. You know, she's definitely not one of the strongest she's athletes tiny. on the field. She's tiny. She's tiny. And uh, and then you just like going through, and she managed to make it. Okay, that's cool. And then there was this big round when basically everyone got cut, or like probably like twenty people got cut. They even had to run two tie breaks. Yeah, it was like eight or 
eight or nine girls out, all in the same room. Yeah, and, and Jacqueline made that through. And then all of a sudden, you see Jacqueline and like probably six other big girls. Yeah. And like, hey, I mean, we don't, we don't just mean big as in good athletes, we mean as in big Yeah, girls, yeah, physically big. Know? I mean, so Jacqueline's like 65, and, and some of the girls in that group probably pushed towards 80 kilos. Mm. So it's like you've got a 15 kilo difference, which is huge. Uh, especially on a, you know, there's a reason why strong men are all big. Because yeah. being bigger helps you lift more, more weight. And uh, so it's just a strange sight. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that's done great. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's like, then more of the big girls go and Jacqueline's still there. And it's like, all of a sudden, you've got like Jacqueline and Danny Spiegel. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And uh, yeah, as you say, you know, I, I tend to not go out just to... Uh, keep my energy level so I was in the back with uh, I said through his um, boyfriend Christian just watching on the phone being like what the fuck is happening and uh, and yeah I mean what an epic moment to to make it and just also you could even hear like even in the back uh, everyone started paying attention to the TV like all the event organ like uh, event staff and volunteers everyone was watching the tv of this like crazy thing happening and you could hear it from the coliseum as well what's happening so it was just a really special moment it was so exciting and it is the thing is it's something that she will take away from her uh, you know that's like a career moment so mm. i'm very happy that it, no matter what happens in the world she'll always have this uh, marked moment of her career and, and you know strength and depth is one of those but for some reason this like coliseum feeling for her was uh, was a big one did she get more than a fist bump? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just very happy for her. I was just very happy that she, um, you know, you see how hard these athletes work. So I was very happy that she she got kind of able to show how hard she can work in front of a big crowd. That was that was very nice because yeah. usually she gets she gets in the mix. Yeah, and being in the mix doesn't get you this like uh, that exposure. It was. I mean, I was stood facing her because like, mm. I was there taking the pictures in the pit and all the other photographers except Josie actually who's on the other side of me all the other photographers were just like looking at me and looking at Josie and me and Josie are just like what is going on <laughs> and um, taking like picture after picture after picture just like glued to her because yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe what was happening but also so so excited to see her doing it yeah. and um, it was just I felt so proud of her to, and just to know her that she'd done that it was like so so it was extraordinary to be yeah, there. Yeah, it's actually crazy when you see the photos after as well, mm. just how big the sandbag is yeah. compared to... I got um, my picture went in the morning chalk up. Yes. And, and she's, she, the sandbag is... <laughs> yeah. Like, there's like her, she's holding her fingers, like she's caught one finger, she can barely get her arms around yeah. the sandbag. And yeah. She's got this look of bloody determination on her face. Yeah, and it's, it's like, crazy. you know where that bag is going? It's yeah. going up, you know? It was amazing to be there to watch that. So she, it's like, it was a, how, where did she finish in the end? Where did she get to? Uh, her ultimate placing was 15th. So she has improved on her placing from last year as well. Yeah, and it was nice to make, you know, still in the top 20, top 15. Um, so it, it was very good. And I, I think her performance this year was actually a lot better than her performance last year um, as well. So that was really good. But what do you think's changed or improved? You know, I think just a little bit of everything. Um, kind of all those little factors have come together a bit more she's matured um and and kind of came through as a as a better athlete you know i think even even if she'd have finished 17th or whatever her placement was last year i can't quite remember but um i believe that her performance was just significantly better this is the one thing as well at the games it's like or at crossfit is it's tough sometimes because you might improve but have you improved as an athlete? And the same thing goes round. You might have improved as an athlete, actually, but not get that reflected in placing because programming is such a huge factor. Mm. It is just, especially at that level. You get, like, steps. So it's like, you know, if you take top, let's say top 20 um, at the Games, you change the programming, you completely change the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. And so this is a huge factor. The programming makes a big difference. And that's why sometimes in the certain step of level, um, it's not reflected. You know, like once you make the top 20, the pro once you're in that top 20 level, the programming is significant. I know it's like me going to a class at the box. 
you know, some guys will beat me depending on programming because we're in that same level, mm. same bubble. And therefore, once you're in, within the bubble, the programming is the determining factor a lot of the time. And that's why Tia, Matt, uh, Froning have been exceptional because they are the exception to the rule. They really are. Uh, and, and that's why they've been so unique because it doesn't matter what's programmed, they're just good at it. Whereas from every other athlete, it has mattered significantly. Was, do, I do remember day one, day two of the games, Tia was not in the lead and it was like, what's happened to Tia? What's wrong with Tia? Yeah. Know, like everyone's just assumed that she's always going yeah, to be at yeah. the top. So and, it was and, it was a couple of interesting days for her, I'm sure. Yeah, and seeing someone else in the leader's jersey is just very weird. You yeah. know, like you expect, it was almost like it's Tia's colours. Yeah. Um, but Rebecca Lawson... Yeah, Emma Lawson. Sorry, Emma Lawson. Yes. She is amazing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, had... 17 years old, like, it's just phenomenal what these kids are able to achieve. I saw her at the press conference on the, uh, with um, Ariel Lowen, and she was asked a question about um, the weekend and the competition, and she answered it like a seasoned vet, you know? She just answered this so coolly, so yeah. efficiently. So expertly, as as it for seven for a seventeen year old to be coming out with, well, it's a long weekend, and I'm just going to take every event as it comes. It was really impressive. Yeah, honestly, it's like they, it, as you say, they don't seem like they're seventeen years no. old. They're, the maturity they have and their ability to compete with athletes who are, you know, a young athlete. Let's say the game is twenty one years old, and that's four years younger. It's like Mao. Emma, maybe Emma Carey, this Olivia girl um, who won the 16th century. Yeah, like, also an interesting stat that I don't think has been picked up on very much is that uh, five or 50% of the top 10 girls all competed as teams. Well, but that's, that's absolutely going to be the future. Isn't yeah, it? so you had like Alexis now. who competed with Gabby, Gabby, Hayley, Mal and Emma, all in top ten, all competed as a team. So I, I think you know you, we might see that the the athletes coming later to the sport and doing well start to get less and less as we the sport matures. Yeah, for sure, um, we haven't seen it as much on the guys yet, but but definitely we're seeing. You know, I mean that's a crazy statistic that basically. You know, we, we just hadn't seen it before. Do well as a teen, you hadn't done well as an adult. Mm. But that is starting to flip. Um, and that means, you know, it might push the average age down of the top competitors quite a lot. And then, and then emotional and uh, mental maturity becomes even more important. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, um, yes, yeah. These, you know, it's, it's pretty phenomenal that, you know, <laughs> 17 years old, someone can enter top 10 in the world. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, she's got an incredible future ahead of her. That yeah, same with you know, Mal. Mal finished second at 18, you know, it's just ridiculous. True. Let's talk about Gabby. Yes. Um, I think she had a challenging weekend. Yes. But she had some great event moments. Yeah, of course. You know, I honestly, like, you know, Gabby finished across the top 10 uh, in so many events this year. There were uh, a few that were um, were tough. If we start with the kind of tough ones, like the uh, the one that we talked about, this kind of judging standard on the strict handstand push-ups. Mm. Some athletes unfortunately fell on the wrong side of that, and, and Gabby did there. She's actually pretty good at strict hands, um, like strict gymnastic pressing. Ironically, we did uh, we did some like strict pressing in the lead-up as well, and you know Gabby's pretty phenomenal at it. So there's I'm. Pretty sure that if that changed a little, the placing would be a lot better there. And then also the um, the sandbag was a tough a tough moment. She was in the tiebreak and just fell on the wrong side of the the time on the tiebreak. So those those two factors, which happen over a kind of a unfortunate error and um, and like kind of tough discrepancy among the athletes, would have really affected the placing. Uh, Gabby's. Gary's very hungry to to make podium, um, but this being said, all girls, you know, really like all girls top ten are super hungry to make podium. That's very true. Um, and so only thirty percent of those girls are going to to make podium. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's a tough job. 
But you know, there were there were some epic performances, as you say. You know, st- like another stand-up moment. The games is the capital. Yeah, what a day! Yeah, it what was an event. I loved that event. And um, the nice thing was, it was actually something that we'd really worked on this year. Was this um, capacity, odd object, long time frame, and and so that was actually really nice to see that that kind of work had paid off and Gabby absolutely smashed it. She did also look like an absolute badass when she was carrying those, yeah, those jerry cans. Yeah, yeah. She just looked so like, she looked like she was going to bomb bomb somebody or something. You know, she just looked like she was in a spy movie. Or, yeah. She looked just incredible, like determination, a face on her was yeah, something agreed. else. And I was getting to watch that stuff up close instead of on YouTube. And for me, it was like so exciting to be there and watch, and watch again somebody that I know Winning was brilliant. I, yeah, and honestly, she had a couple of second place finishes last year, mm. and so I know she was hungry to get her first ever career win, and and so managing to tick that was uh, was a big thing, and especially in an event like the Capital as well, it was uh, you know it was a very um, fun event to win, and and so I was very happy for her, and you know in the end she ended up taking another t- like back to back top ten finishes at the games, which is which is huge. Um, she wants to move further up the leaderboard, and you know, I definitely believe she can. She has that that potential. A few things didn't go her way. Um, that's the nature, especially over fourteen, fifteen school events. You know, that's the nature of uh, of the beast of the games. Mm. Some stuff, you know, like Tia, for example, stuff also didn't go her way, especially the first few days. Skipping Tia, yeah. hello. <laughs> yeah. That was such a shocker that event. Um, but, you know, so so I think uh, Gabby's journey still will obviously continue and, and look to keep pushing through. She's very much established herself now as um, as one of the best in the world. And mm. So the kind of push forward continues. From a, from a business point of view, mm. how does the CrossFit Games affect your your business and your and your coaching? Um, in terms of like you know people signing up, people coming through, it doesn't have like a huge impact. So it's not like an athlete does well, the program booms. Um, especially nowadays when there's a lot of established programming, things have changed. It's like, actually, it's a lot more slow, uh, slow growth that, you know, obviously the, the program, the most successful um, European training program right mm. now, which is nice. It's like um, a very solid thing to, to have. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily have this like huge boom effect. Uh, it's more just like consistent, solid growth. And we we've worked very hard behind the scenes on like de- delivering a good product, having a good team of coaches uh, to make sure that every athlete who's on board gets the support that they they deserve. So it's not that we see like uh, an athlete does well at the games, boom, the program uh, grows. It's more just that it's more like important. Um, consistency I think helps build uh, a more solid brand so after the CrossFit Games had finished you could take some time off Mm. Um, it's good to know that the CrossFit Games doesn't directly affect you guys as a you know, as a business, because you needed to take that time off. Yeah, it wasn't like suddenly you were going to like be like answering loads of emails. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's August has kind of become like the you know the agreed time when not much happens in the CrossFit world. Mm. Um, You know, I think even Nike have like a full the whole company goes off for a week. As we spoke about, Spain completely shuts down. Yeah, the whole of CrossFit HQ have like a whole week off as well, and so August kind of becomes the month. And, you know, it's not really even the whole of August because no. the games runs through until the 8th or 9th or whatever. Um, so there's at least like a few weeks in there where nothing's going to happen. And I think everyone kind of appreciates Very that. Much so. uh, how was the, that how did you feel after the games, like physically, emotionally? Uh, so, uh, Having spoken to each other now for about a year about this whole process. Yeah, it takes, I don't come down straight away. It's like I'm still up. Like my stress levels NG levels are still super high and um, and it takes a good few days for me to like be like ah oh, actually I'm quite tired <laughs> do you stop do you dream about games or dream about things you haven't done your dream maybe is not the 
right word. I don't mean dream in a kind of oh, romantic sense. Yeah. Like actually, it's in your dreams. It's, it's more that, you know, it's in the thought process before bed. It's in the mm. thought process when you get up in the morning. It's, it's still very all-consuming about, like, was this done right? Or reflecting on these things. So, you know, it's, it's very all-consuming, especially post-games. So just making sure that everything, you know, you're still in that, like, making sure everything's correct. Um, and last year, previous years, I've not really had, like... Um, full break after games last year I actually went to do some I did see a friend but also did a bit of business work straight post games uh, on the west coast and then came straight back here and then basically started again mm. so I felt like I hadn't had the uh, the disconnect so this year I was like very sure that I was disconnecting it had been super intense uh, with lots of different changes a lot of them positive for the for the program and, and what we're going to be doing this year um, but it was like okay you know, I, I know that from September on like from today on stuff's not really going to let up much so yeah. it's uh, it's either now or never that I actually take a break so make me jealous where did you go so we flew into Mexico into Cancun we had no we had no plan this was the other thing. Actually, is I'm that... just going to say, like the last the last time I saw you was at Chipotle. Yeah, well, <laughs> it seems that whenever you see me in the states, the percentage chance seeing me in Chipotle is yeah. quite high. Um, but yes, there's no plan. I hadn't planned anything post games, like nothing. Um, I don't think I could go down. I wouldn't be down with that at all. I'd be like, where are we going? Yeah. So I drove drove the guys to the airport um, on Monday. And then basically we got got a hotel close to the airport on Monday. We decided to stay there again on Tuesday because it was just like too much we couldn't think mm. properly. And then we just got like a flight down to Mexico. Uh, stayed in Mexico for a few days. And then we were like, okay, where do we go now? Went over to Costa Rica. I, I, I feel like I treat my holidays like Inception, where it's like... <laughs> You know when he goes like deeper into the dream states? Yeah. I need to do this with holidays. So it's like okay. the first, in Mexico, I wasn't like, I was still a bit like, you know. You're doing the digital nomad thing. Yeah, I did, yeah, 100%. You know, you get up, do a bit of work after breakfast, do a bit of work. Um, and then the next stage, I was like, okay, you know, maybe when I get up, I do a bit of work. Then after breakfast, I didn't do it. Mm. And so like I eased myself into the holiday. And, and there was definitely like uh, at least... Uh, a chunk of, of days where I was like, there were, there were no thoughts in my head, uh, which nice. was very nice. Oh, as yes, I get my, uh, I feel the weight coming off. It's like, oh, that feels good. Huh? Yeah, just be a vegetable for a bit. Yeah, have ex- any responsibilities? Exactly. So that was super nice, and then we eased back into things. Um, we flew back to Mexico, back to Chicago. The travel back was long. Like we we left on Friday morning. We're in this island in Mexico. And then we got back Sunday night, so it was... Uh, oh, man. Yeah, it was a long way back. It was it was relaxed in the sense it wasn't like running between flights, but it was long in the sense, you know, you had like nights at a hotel airport or whatever. Mm. Well, so now you said that you are um, getting ready for the next season. Mm. So you said you were having meetings with the athletes. Yeah, so at the end of each year, you know, I think it's very important to kind of reflect with the... Uh, with the athletes, what they want to do. Not, okay, the athletes, the team. So September really starts like our year, the CrossFit year. You know, like the season's done, we move into the next season and it's a good time of reflection for everyone of what we want to do and where we want to go. And so I, I often do that each year and, and sit down. So I suppose one of the biggest news is that um, I had the, the sit down with uh, Christoph and Gabby mm-hmm. and they decided that this year they, they want to make a change. And and I'm sure that the uh, that news will start start coming out. And you know, I'm I'm obviously sad in the sense that over the period of time you spend so much you know, energy, effort, and time together. Like you know, you know, we, we speak to each other every single day, multiple times a day. You see them training. You see them through the highs, the lows. You see their growth. You know, like what you know. They're, they're both completely different athletes now than when they were three years ago. Like, Gabby was, you know, she, she was a CrossFit athlete, but she hadn't broken through. You know, like, she'd, she'd been to the 2019 Games, didn't get the performance that she wanted. Mm. And now, it's like she had a season where she went top 10. She went podium, podium, 
podium at the biggest competitions in the world and then went back top 10. And it's like, to see that growth of her um, as an athlete has been amazing. And the same with Christoph. Like, he he achieved one of his lifelong dreams of um, making it through to semis and also not just making it, but did extremely well there. He did. So there's this part where you're like, you know, I'd very much like to... Um, continue the journey with them and make sure that they, uh, they they can continue growing. But they they both felt that they wanted to make um, a change, not just changing from the program, but they'll also be uh, leaving C23. And and I think it's a, a recent decision from their side, so they're not 100% sure what they're going to be doing or how they're going to be processing things. At the same time, I also understand that, you know, sometimes people want to change and um, and I don't... I don't believe that there was anything um, a super a major thing that happened that, that drove the change. It was just they wanted to try something different and, and they want to kind of explore that option together. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've been very supportive in their journey. You know, like I've had since they, they only told me um, on Monday and with Thursday now, so like four days ago, but we sat down, had coffees. Things have been very... Um, Cordial. Cordial. You know, I it should is, expect so as well, you know, you yeah. guys are friends. We're, we're friends, <laughs> you know, like, um, we, you know, we've had some great times together. Like, we've spent a lot of time traveling, like lockdown, like they lived with us, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've had uh, so many great memories and, and I'm, I'm kind of happy for them to start a new journey and, and explore different, um, a different world together. And I, I think I'm just very appreciative of the time that we've had, yeah. you know, like I'm appreciative of like this, like, uh, we went through lockdown. We went kind of back to the normal CrossFit season. We saw like amazing growth of each of the athletes. So like, you know, honestly, when I look back at the last three years, there's been so many positives. Um, it, it leaves me, it leaves me in this strange emotional stage where you're like sad, but happy. And, you know, like this afternoon I'm going for a coffee with Gabby and, and we'll, we'll, you know, just, just have a chat, not nothing about like training or, or the next year, but just to meet up as friends. And so, it's like uh, in terms of uh, breakups go. It's um, I, you know there's always the sad sad part. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm just genuinely happy for them and where they where they want to take things through. More room in the bus. Yeah, there there, there will be more room in the bus, and and we have some exciting things happening. You know, like actually we have uh, we're gonna have a really solid team of coaches living here on York. Yeah, so. this is really exciting. Yeah, so Chris is moving over. Coach Chris. Coach Chris. Mr. Co- cool. Yeah, Coach Dom is um, also Mr. Cool. Mr. King cool. cool. King Cool. Coach Doom. Well, will be he's here. Uh, he's got the, a very special tattoo. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's if no one has noticed the uh, the first uh, program tattoo has been done, which you know, I I didn't know it was happening. I just rocked up one day, and you know, I, I've got tattoos myself. But you see, like the the um, you have a big one on your leg. Yeah, I do. But he had the like uh, cling film around his arm to yeah. like protect a new tattoo. I was like, oh, don't you get a tattoo? He's like, oh yeah, John, I've got something to show you. And like, one round, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's got the, uh, it's actually a Wolverine, for those who don't know, but like a stencil of a, a Wolverine. Yeah, the program logo. The program logo on his on arm. On his arm. And it's huge. So uh, I, I, it's, it's very cool. And, um, and so, you know, there's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, a fun moment. And, you know, what a crazy guy. But, Carmen's uh, made good. some um, stick-on tattoos. Exactly, so yeah. if you ever see Carmen at a competition... Just ask her, because she's always got someone, a person, somewhere. Yeah. She want a tattoo. <laughs> but maybe not quite as permanent. So we will be, um, yeah, you know, the the journey continues. And, um, I, you know, I'm very excited for the for the growth and, and what's to come. We have some more exciting announcements. But, but yes, it, it does mean there's uh, there's more uh, more seats on the bus. And mm. uh, and I'm excited to, to be able to help other athletes on their journey, you know, like... I, I I think that's one thing I'm very passionate about is is helping athletes grow and develop. And uh, I think one of the interesting me. things about you is your your particular dedication to teams. Yeah. Because like, if if um if we want to talk about the comp. Yes. Yeah. Can, when, what, that was a good uh, good what, segue. What year? <laughs> yeah. I'm not here for anyway. Um, <laughs> when was the first year that we did the comp? What was that? So it was, was that 2019. 20, so 2019, and it would have been. What, what, it was hot, huh? It, it, so it was pre-games. Yeah. Pre-games 2019. It 
um, in- July. Intense two day. Yes. Two day. Two day. Yeah. So, so the idea of the comp was, you know, again, I've been to a lot of competitions over the years. Yeah. And the one thing I became hyper aware of was that the trouble at a competition is if you're not the star of the show in your category, it's not the most exciting experience. Mm. Meaning that when you go to a competition as a master, but it's not a master's competition, you're kind of like, you're not the main event. No. And there was no competition that was the main event for teens. And especially in this transition period, because we're talking about these superstars who've made it like 17, 18 years old. But that's a long gap until you get to the 21-year-old. So it's like a three-year gap. And so what we wanted to do was create an event that supports the next generation of athletes and gives them something to be motivated for. Mm. It was crazy, the response. Like, we had, like, teens flying in from... South Africa? South Africa, from Ecuador, from the United States. He was amazing, that Ecuadorian chap. Yeah, like, it was phenomenal. Strong as hell. And honestly, the community that formed was so crazy. Like, people are still friends all all these years later because of the comp. And... um, I actually just had a phone call with a teen athlete who competed at the games yesterday. And, like, you know, she loved the comp. Mm-hmm. It's just like, um, and so we. So the plan is? Plan is bring it back. Bring it back! Yeah, watch, this, uh, watch this space. Um, but yeah, it, honestly, it's just like um, a project that's fun. It would be so cool to have it back. Yes. What a great experience. I mean, like, it was my first ever. Um, Experience of photographing a competition outside of CrossFit Mallorca. It was, from my point of view, chaos. It was chaos. Because <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I had, you know, honestly, <laughs> the, the appreciation that I had for um, competition organizers went through the roof after that, uh, that process. But it was also extremely hard work, but really exciting. Like yeah. that, it was, it was we, such a lot of things to take in yeah. over those two days. Yeah, and we pulled off like uh, a really good event, you know, considering it was our, our first event. So this year we have a lot more experience. We have a bigger team going into it, and um, and yeah, it's bring, you know, especially for the European community as well, uh, to kind of have that, uh, so that the, event. The general plan is for it to be in Mallorca. Yes, we're going to keep it in Mallorca. We have um, a venue that's pretty much confirmed, which is a really good venue, a very fun venue. Um, we can't confirm it yet though no we can't confirm it yet we can confirm the date will be early next year Um, so like kind of um, early 2023 before open before the open oh now we're getting into some specifics so pre-open and yeah in essence you know you guys hopefully will check the social media space so probably in the next this month um, September we'll be releasing the details and and yeah, you know, if you're you're an athlete, um, teen, or moving into the early twenties, it's like the perfect event. Mm. It's exciting. Yeah. So the next uh, the next thing on our uh, busy agenda is Madrid. Yes. But so you're not going as a coach. You're just going to uh, hang. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm going case? to uh, to hang. You know, we have some athletes there who will kind of be background supporting, but I'm not going in as coach capacity. Just going in to, you know, sometimes it's nice. I, I know a lot of people have a lot of friends, so it'd be nice to be there in like um, friend capacity. <laughs> yeah, just to socialise. Yeah, I see, I see a competition. Actually, see a competition because most competitions I'm in the warm-up area, so you know <laughs> I'll get to watch yeah. events this yeah. year, and uh, which is uh, unusual. So I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Um, yeah, so it's going to be uh, September has started, and uh, you know, time to get to work again. I want to say something really daft and soppy, but it's been a really very interesting year spending time with you. Yeah, yeah, it's been a journey. Thank you. Well, the start of a journey, which is uh, <laughs> only going to continue. Yeah. Thank you, Job. Of course. Thanks, John. I'll see you in Madrid really soon. Best of luck to Gabby and Christoph. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.